This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, this is an amazing day, and and so we ask you just uh, to speak into our hearts. Someone worshiping today, today is the day to take a first step toward healing. Today, Today in worship is the day for someone to take another step toward healing. Lord, you make those steps possible. Lord, for all of us here, no matter who we are, no matter how much we really get it or not, we all all do need what we're asking for now, and that is your comforting and secure embrace of unconditional love. Pray this in the name of our healer and our Savior, Jesus. Amen. On this Mother's Day, what we're going to do, we're going to jump into Scripture. We're going to see an account of a a woman named Martha, and and we're going to see how she probably relates to a lot of the moms today, uh, but not only to the moms, but to a lot of us. And, And not just in her actions, but her emotion and attitudes as well. So let's, let's jump in. Luke chapter 10, here's the account. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. How cool is that? She opened her home. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. So imagine it's uh, mid-Saturday morning. You have guests coming over for supper around 5.30, and you got a million and one things to do. You've already done a number of loads of wash. Your daughter has already been picked up by a teammate and her mom, and they are off to the basketball tournament that she's playing in in Pleasant Prairie. And you and your youngest son have just dropped off your oldest son at the Rock for the baseball tournament that he's got today. And you and your son, youngest son, are now off to go to the grocery store. And as you're pulling out from the Rock and you get to that stop sign, this flood of feeling comes on you that you're a failure. You can't be in three places at one time. 
You got one child over here, one child over there, one child with you, and you've got things to do for supper tonight. You feel horrible. You, you wonder, is, is this the day where my, my kids are going to go, my mom doesn't love me? And is that thought, if that thought comes in, they're going to carry that with them the rest of their life? Is this going to be something that they, they point to? And you cover, cover yourself with guilt and shame. And you drive on to the grocery store with this list that scrolls endlessly on your phone. You make it to the grocery store, and and you know how it is now. Since COVID's been around, they don't always have the brands that you want, sometimes not even the, the product you want. And guess what? Today's one of those days, too. You make your way through the aisle, and, and they've got the product, but they don't have the brand name, you know, the one that really tastes good. And so you settle for what they have. And as you put it in your card and you're settling, your mind goes to your guests, and, and what will they think now that they're eating this? Is it, is it going to be as good? Are they going to go, man, she's really not that good a cook? And you're kind of embarrassed by that and hope that doesn't happen. And as you continue to shop, now they don't have the product that you want. You know, sometimes like it's like that, like at Aldi, right? They don't have the cocktail weenies that you want for that hors d'oeuvre that you had planned to fix. And now you've got to go to another store and the time keeps on clicking by. You're disappointed and you're angry. Disappointed and angry at at the store a little bit, but a whole lot disappointed and angry in yourself because you're the one who made the menu. You knew they might not have these things, but you went ahead and you planned it out and you told everybody what they were going to have. Now what are you going to do? As you're on your way to the the other store, you stop by and pick up fast food for lunch. Because, you tell yourself, because you're lazy and unorganized. If you wouldn't be so lazy, you'd have lunch already prepared at home for when you got there. If you weren't so disorganized, you would have had this all figured out and you wouldn't be doing this over the lunch hour to begin with. You pick up all your groceries, you get home, it's early afternoon, late. You put your toddler to bed and you wish you could go to bed too. You're exhausted. But there's still so much to do. You clean up the house for the 10th time in the last three days, literally, for the 10th time in the last three days. You're overwhelmed. Your chest is tight. 
Your stomach is turning. Your muscles are tense. And condemnation comes to you, compliments of anxiety. Anxiety's condemnation is permanent. It'll always be like this. It's personal. It's you. And it's pervasive in everything you do. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Today, as we turn into the scriptures, I, I want you to know that there are no quick fixes, but there is real help and relief. And so today, as we continue on in our series, Emotions Dealing with Feelings, we're going to be looking at the emotion of fear under the lens and activity of anxiety and answer this question. How do you find calm when you're crumbling? What's making you anxious? What's leading you to crumble? Fear under the weight and pressure of life creates anxiety. And anxiety produces doom and gloom. Fear alerts us to a real threat. Anxiety has us imagine a threat. Fear says there's a real threat. Imagine, or anxiety tells us, leads us to imagine that there's a threat. I know that by personal experience. Most of us marvel at young people's imaginations. We think back to the day, too, where our imaginations ran wild, and it was fun, it was exciting, we were exploring all these things. A couple of months ago, when I was in Arizona watching Zoe play around, she was at her Fisher-Price kitchen station, and, and she was just going to town. She's jabbering all over the place. She's cooking this, that, and the other thing, and her imagination is just taking her places. It's so cool. We wonder, why, why don't I have that kind of imagination now as an adult? Oh. I think if we're honest, we do have that same kind of imagination, that same powerful imagination. The only thing is, is that as adults, we're imagining all the what ifs. We're imagining all the worst case scenarios. We're imagining all the doom and gloom instead of the good. Some of us are, are so anxious, we get anxious about being anxious. 
And if you have in the past or if you're suffering from anxiety now, you know it's tough. It's heavy. It's hard. It's paralyzing. It's difficult. It's destructive. And that's why Jesus says to us, with all compassion, he only says this to us out of compassion. With compassion, he says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with the anxieties of life and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. And if you're in the trap, you know what it looks like. It looks like laughing less. It looks like tempering good news. It looks like becoming more cynical. It it looks like wanting to avoid people and stay away. It looks like waiting for the the next bad thing to happen, because it's going to happen. It looks like overthinking. I know that one, too, by personal experience. Here's key. Here's what's key. While the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, the prison of anxiety is optional. While the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, the prison of anxiety is optional. See the dog in the picture? I'm trapped. I'm in prison. Sometimes we feel like that too. It's right there. It's right there. Anxiety says, you're done. You're trapped. It's going to be this way always and forever. But there's actually help. It's right there. There's actually help. See, sometimes we just want anxiety to go away. And we don't do anything about it. We just want it to go away. Sometimes we want anxiety to go away, but we keep doing the same thing over and over again like Martha did in that reading early on. There's help. There's real help. As I mentioned before, there's, there's, it's not quick. It's not a, a silver bullet, but there is real help. There is real healing. There is real victory. So how do you find calm then when you are crumbling? I'm going to share with you some, some practical steps now. And as we go through these things, I want you to know, right, just remember the, the truth and stuff. God made us physical beings. He also made us mental and emotional beings. And he made us spiritual beings. We're all of that 
and want. And so when we're talking about anxiety, we have to address it in each of those buckets that make us up, all right? So let's look at some of the physical helps first. Now, these physical helps, you'll be able to find this anywhere, okay? You'll be, you can find it on Instagram. Uh, you, can, you can find it in Psychology Today, what, whatever. But here's the thing. It's not enough to know it. We actually have to do it, okay? It's not enough to know about it. We need to do it. Okay, so the first one, when we're taking, about, taking care of our bodies, our physical needs, you got to breathe. Really, okay? It's that simple. But you got to breathe, okay? Every now and then, my watch will go off. It's got this message, breathe. Okay? And take a deep breath. Because what's going on, we got a part of our brain, it's called the amygdala, and and it's responsible for the the flight or fight part of our lives. It alerts us to fear. So, for example, later on this summer, if you're camping up north and and there's a bear all of a sudden in your living room of your cabin, your amygdala is going to go, you got to do something now. The problem is with that part of our brain, this amygdala thing, it's got like no social skills, okay? And so it will tell us there's something to be afraid of when there's actually nothing there. It'll go, there's a bear in the living room. But there's no bear in the living room. We need to breathe. Need to breathe so we can tell ourselves there's actually no bear in the living room. It's okay. Another part of of taking care of our our bodies physically, right? We need to eat, eat well. We've, We've heard that for years, right? That we need to have a balanced diet and all that stuff. It's not enough to know it. We gotta do it. Again, and for years, we've been told, you know, that what we eat, well, that will affect our, affect our blood sugar, and our blood sugar affects our mood and, and all that stuff. We, we need to eat well. Okay? Need to exercise. You don't have to be a CrossFit champion. You don't have to be an ultra marathon or anything like that. But you do need to move. Okay? Check it out. That's why they call exercise Physical therapy, okay? Next part, sleep. Just need to get more sleep, right? Well, no kidding, right? Those of us who suffer from anxiety, we love to have sleep. That would be good. I'm on with you, you know, let's do it. For the last number of years, too, I've heard over and over again, sleep is the superpower. It's what we need in our lives. Typically, you ask people, what, if you had an extra an hour a day, what would you like to do? Sleep, right? If you suffer from anxiety, again, you know you would love to have that sleep. You're in it, but it's not happening. And then you get anxious. You start going to bed going, am I going to be able to fall asleep? What time am I going to wake up tonight? And you wake up or you can't, and your mind's just going a million miles an hour. 
I'm going to talk about sleep again here in just a minute, but I'm going to share with you one of the things the counselor shared with me. said, when your mind is racing and you can't fall asleep because your mind is racing, he said, what's really going on is it's not your mind, it's your body. Your body is so tensed up that you can't fall asleep. So he said, take your mind off the spinning stuff and concentrate on your feet and relax your feet. And then when your feet are relaxed, go ahead and move up your body to your calves and then relax your calves and however, you know, and just keep going up. And if you're like me, way more times than not, you'll actually run into the Sandman. Okay. So how do you keep calm when you're crumbling? The first step is take care of your body. Breathe, eat, exercise, sleep. Okay. God also made us emotional beings. Okay. We, we think a lot. Have a lot of thoughts going through our head. So what are you thinking? 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Thoughts are going to be there. Right? Interrogate your thoughts. Is this thought from God? If so, go with it. That's good. If this thought isn't from God, you don't have to let it terrorize your life any longer. When we dwell on the storm or the storm that we are imagining that might come, we've taken our eyes off of the storm stiller. Keep your eyes on the storm stiller. Eastern thought says, empty your mind. Christian theology says, fill your mind. Fill your mind with these things. Philippians chapter 4. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Sometimes we need help with that. Heard the other day on a podcast, and I've heard it before too, that the, the person that gets lied to the most, you know, that we lie to the most is ourselves. We get ourselves in a, in a train of thought and we think it's that way always. It's sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need a, a friend, a, a pastor, or a counselor to help us see what's really going on. I know that by personal experience. How do you find calm when you're crumbling? 
expose the lies and embrace the truth. God also made us spiritual beings. And so, pray. It's not enough to know it and do it. Pray. Scripture says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Okay? Now, uh, I'm not much of a, a fisherman at all. One of the types of, of fishing, I haven't done it, but it, it has intrigued me for some time, is fly fishing. Okay, I often see it in like mountain streams and the guys will be out there, ladies will be out there and they've got their fishing rod and they're casting it out there and they, they let it go and then they reel it back in. You know, and I can picture myself, oh, that looks pretty cool. Fling it out there, reel it back in. That's often what we do with our anxiety and prayer, Right? We, we cast it out to God. Oh, that's cool cast. Start reeling it back in. Cast it out to God. Reel it back in. So, you know, are, are we really praying? Or are we just keeping up the same habit? Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving. Pastor Ben talked about that last week. Good stuff. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You may or may not have thought about this. I'm just going to present it to you. You know, when you're just being weighed down by anxiety... Think about it logically. Are, are you saying what you know not to be true, but are you saying it? Are you saying that my anxiety is bigger than God? You know the truth, right? That, that God is bigger than the anxiety. Okay? And so, God, I give you this thing. I give you this anxiety. You do it. I give it to you. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. But if you're like me, you've, you've done that. You said, God, I'll, I'll give you this, and, and what you do with it, that'll be good. I, I won't worry about it anymore. But by the way, this is actually what I want you to do with it, right? And so we're praying with an agenda, and then we worry that God, we get anxious that God isn't going to follow our agenda. So pray like this. God, this is what I want. I'm going to give it to you. And whatever you do with it will be good. I trust you. You've been perfect in every way all of the time. I'll trust you. Again, it's pretty simple in theory. In practice, it's sometimes a little bit 
more difficult. But check it out. Here's why you can pray like that. Because God is the one who brings calm in the middle of the crumbling. He knows what it's like. Jesus knows what it's like to be overwhelmed to the point of death and come out on the other side. You can pray like that because God created the whole world and he created you. Body, mind, emotion, spirit, soul. You can pray like that because Jesus has already defeated your greatest enemies of sin, death, and Satan. You can pray like that. You say, God, you got whatever you do. I must trust you. You can pray like that because God doesn't have an imagination for you. He has plans for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You can pray like that because Jesus is the storm stiller of real storms and imagined storms. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Martha and Mary, from that reading early on, Mary was with Jesus. When we're praying, we're with Jesus. Take care of your body. Pay attention to what you're thinking. Expose the lies and embrace the truth. And know that God is with you. How do you find calm in the middle of crumbling? Max Lucado says it this way, calm. Celebrate the goodness of God. Ask for help. Leave your concerns with him and meditate on good things. Okay. Sometimes maybe I should have said every time We need help with this. That's why God gives us, again, Christian friends, family, pastors, and counselors. It's okay. It's okay. You do not have to be stuck in the prison of anxiety. There is an open door. You're worthy of getting help. Because of Jesus, there is victory, even over anxiety. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for walking with us. 
Thank you for walking with us in really dangerous times. Thank you for walking with us when we're imagining that they're dangerous times. You never leave us or forsake us. Lord, help us to hear your voice today. Help us to hear you say to us, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus, some of us just need you to pick us up. But some of us need our Christian friends and family and pastors and counselors to help us take maybe the first step or the next step. We thank you, Jesus, that you're with us every step of the way and that you have us in your comforting and secure embrace of unfailing love. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.